Alright, hello, and welcome back to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Rescue Bots Podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. And we are back. I have a new toy to sell. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here and I have a new toy to sell. That's right. And yes, we are back with the second season of uh, Transformers Rescue Bots. Although it, it took us less time than it took the show to get to the second season. That's true. This, uh, let's see, this, uh, the previous episode aired August 18th, 2012, and this one aired, uh, a year and a half later, March 1st, 2014. I noticed that when I was looking at the, uh, the episode list on the wiki that it showed season two as being 2014. Was that, because that's when was that when the hub went away, or was the hub I around think longer so. than that? I, I think it was, and I, I believe okay. they also switched animation studios between seasons. Uh, oh, really? It, I mean, it looks exactly the same. Yeah, pretty much. Some of the animation may be a little bit more fluid, but it, it doesn't noticeably look. Yeah. Different. Now it takes them until season three to get to an episode called "More Than Meets the Eye." <laughs> And weirdly enough, that's the episode with magic in it. Ooh. Uh, specifically, the episode where we meet Doc Green's sister, who is a Zaytana. Ileana Rasputin. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> oh. Uh, she is a Zaytana-esque uh, stage magician voiced by Cree Summer. I guess that's also okay. I mean, not as okay. Uh, yeah, this is... Uh, this is Road Trip, not to be confused with the, uh, early 2000s, uh, college comedy from when we were still allowing Tom Green to appear in movies. I would not confuse it with that because I probably what? didn't remember that existed, even though I probably had to, like, clearance out DVDs of it. <laughs> I'm reasonably sure I saw it in university, but I remember absolutely nothing of it and had, in fact, confused it with the movie Euro Trip. Oh. oh I was trying to remember which one had that Scotty Doesn't Know song in it. That was Euro Trip. Uh, uh, that also had Don from Buffy in it. Okay, then. Oh, that, that one. one, yes. Yeah, then, what? This is the kind of movie I don't tend to watch. Yeah. I mean, like, it's certainly not the movie I generally tend to watch, but you just kind of absorb these things via osmosis when it was the year 2000 and you were 15. I suppose. Well, yeah, it was this weird point when, like, Tom Green was funny for a semester in college. <laughs> and then I, he had a career after that, but I don't remember anybody talking about him anymore. No, I, I think the I think his career lasted about as long as his marriage to Drew Barrymore. <laughs> mm, yeah. She's got a TV show she now. She does have a TV show. Oh, yeah, she's doing good. Yes. See, we are headed We are headed back to Griffin Rock. This episode uh, written by Brian Holfield, a long-time... Rescue Bots uh, writer, previously known for uh, such episodes as Flobsters on Parade and Bumblebee to the Rescue. Oh, yes, Flobsters. Flobsters. And he's he's also the basis for the character model of the guy who uh, owns a Flobster. <laughs> nice. Oh. Anyway, so we uh, we yeah we're back. Uh, you know, a quick intro to the characters. You know, you've got uh, you've got. The, the rescue bots, uh, which are Heatwave, the fire truck who's kind of a dick. 
Yes. Yeah, you've got Boulder, the uh, bulldozer, who's kind of your your uh, you know peaceful bulkhead Rhinox type. Mm-hmm. Big seems like he might be dumb, but is actually very smart. Yes, you've got Blades, who is a big coward. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's the cinnamon roll. And you and you've got Chase, who is uh, very by the book in a hilarious fashion. Yes. Well, he's robot cop. Yes. Is the joke. He's the <laughs> most he robotic. Robert? Is he Robert and cop? The, yes, he, he is Robert cop. It, it, it is your Touch move, him. creep. <laughs> yes. And of course, our, our human cast, we've got the, the whole, uh, got the whole Burns family. We've got Chief Burns, who is the team dad, literally. Yes. He is the dad of everyone <laughs> got, on the team. We've got Cody, who is our child protagonist. Of course. Uh, you've got his brother Cade, who is also a jerk. Yep, Cade is paired normally uh, with Heatwave. Mm-hmm. So you get you get the two angry, hot-headed redheads together. Yes, you've got uh, you've got Graham, who is the nerd. Yep, uh, generally mm-hmm. paired with Boulder. You have a dog in the background. Yes, that is that is my dog. I don't know what's going on. Happy and you've got uh, you've I have got... a cat in my lap. Just so you know, <laughs> you've got Danny, who is the girl. Yeah. Paired with blades. Yes. And then we also have recurring humans, uh, Doc Green, who is LeVar Burton as Doc yeah. Brown from Back to the Future. <laughs> yes. Yeah, pretty much. And, and his daughter, Frankie. Yes. And uh, for for new viewers, because I cannot do a LeVar Burton impression, if I need to do Doc Green, it'll just be Christmas. We are opening with uh, something that uh, a, a plot point slash new toy we got in the season finale last year. The rescue yes. box and mobile headquarters. Which was really... It didn't feel like it should have been a toy then, but it is a toy, and now they're still start trying to sell it a year later. It's an odd... Uh, effective to sell toys. In a I mean, it, it's a fire truck that is so big, a robot that turns into a fire truck can drive it. Yes. Yes. Which, yes, the they they do comment that they're going to need a bigger road, so it's time for infrastructure week. <laughs> <laughs> all, all I can think of is uh, those old uh, Simpsons bits with the Canyon Arrow. Yeah. <laughs> Although I think this might be three lanes wide. Canyon Arrow. Canyonero. It's definitely unreasonably large, and no part of the country has the proper infrastructure to drive this thing anywhere. Oh, no. Except, I guess, possibly, like, inside of military bases, where Mm. there are areas designed for vehicles of that that size. Close track with professional drivers. Do not attempt. Yes. So, so Cody's trying to teach Heatwave to drive, and you know he's very indignant because obviously he knows how to drive. He's a truck, but also he doesn't know how to drive. No, no. Well, Which, I mean, yeah, like I'm a person, but I don't know how to operate a person. <laughs> sort of goes back to to RC and Jack's thing back in Prime about uh, like. Uh, 
him like asking why she's not more mechanically adept at things and and she's like do you know how to build a kidney so <laughs> I forget the exact phrase. I guess I, I could look that up. I, I think it was not. partly intestine or something. I, I, I seem to recall it was the pancreas. Yeah. <laughs> the point is, just because you are a truck does not mean you know how to drive a truck and no. someone needs to explain this to Heatwave and they're trying well, he, to explain this to Heatwave and Heatwave does not want to listen. He does drive. His, his cornering is just bad. Of course, Cade really doesn't care because he's too busy messing with the GPS, planning for his uh, his upcoming date with Haley, who we have seen before and will see again. Yes, uh, I am kind of reminded of with the the whole uh, trying to drive this anywhere situation that occasionally uh, in in Washington D.C. they they have had issues in the past with. Uh, various political officials wanting to have big parades with heavy machinery and i forget exactly when it was that they had one that they ended up having to repair the streets afterwards (laughs) yeah you have to design the streets for that specifically they have to be extra reinforced yeah it needs the like they probably ain't extra layer underneath you can't just slap pavement on a swamp and be like yep that's it you're gonna drive a tank down this so i i believe that was how uh the the former guy ended up getting his big military parade he wanted to have vetoed it's basically because dc was literally not built for that (laughs) yeah so this this is definitely like leaving huge gouges in the pavement oh, driving yeah. down these perfectly well, normal although, roads. Do, we may see in future episodes that this vehicle may not be as heavy as it looks. That's, yeah, I can see that. I mean, I don't know. It's Okay, so let's, for some background, as you may recall from before Robots in Disguise... Uh, so the rescue bots went to the past. Well, not all of them. They uh, went to the, the past. They went to an alternate present, like yeah, a dystopian yeah, present first, which created the alternate, alternate present. And yes, timey wimey. So this uh, this vehicle is like the Rachel Summers of rescue bots. Yes, oh, mm. I was barely yep. managed to to stop myself from bringing up Rachel earlier in the episode already and we're like 10 minutes in <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem I've been watching The Gifted and I just feel like the XCU keeps Rachel baiting me and I don't appreciate it uh, so yeah Kate is planning all sorts of stuff for the first date he's going to have hummus by the river and I don't know I'm, I don't recommend hummus and kissing in a short span of time. If you're both eating the hummus, I, I think guess. it's okay. Because it's, you know, you both have the garlic breath, so mm. it's not like... It's, hummus I, has garlic? I need to get hummus. <laughs> my, my my only relation to hummus is knowing that there's one wrestler who really likes it. Oh. It's 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 garlicky. And he's yes, it. It's, it's chickpeas good. and garlic, basically. Yes. Oh, I don't... Chickpeas. I it's like fine. garlic. It mostly just tastes like garlic. 
Oh, well, that sounds great. Well, there you go. So, yeah, that's maybe not something you would want to have if you're the only one in the couple who's going to be having it. But if both of you are having it, I'm going to say it it evens out. Yes. It could be fine. Maybe she's Italian. (laughs) She's just really into that. So, meanwhile, Chief uh, Chief Burns is chasing down a speeder. It's a frequent Griffin Rock speeder, that guy who looks like uh, Danny Trejo. What? A little bit Danny Trejo, a little bit Burt Reynolds. Yes. He's like kind of a, like kind of a grizzled middle-aged guy who sort of dresses like, uh, evil Knievel. Yes. He's a grizzled middle-aged guy who should definitely know better (laughs) than like anything. He's, his hair, his wardrobe, speeding like this. How's he even got that car going that fast? Because it's like a 50s car. Super science. I guess. I guess. This is... This whole town is built on super science. He's got like a flux capacitator in that thing. That's fair that even the like rando civilians have just completely ridiculous super science engines in their 50s cars. I mean, it's like how that one guy has that uh, action master Bumblebee helipack. Yes. Yes. Okay, I'm. I'm just. I'm remembering how <laughs> Griffin Rock is just like that. Uh, so I here hereby suspend all disbelief. Yes. So they 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 chase down the speeder in this mobile headquarters, and somehow this guy doesn't immediately stop and also poop himself to death in terror. <laughs> Like, listen, there isn't just a cop car chasing you. There's a building chasing you. Well, first there's a yes. cop car, and then the building shows up as backup. A building driven by robots. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the driven by robots may be less shocking. After a car drives over you, it's so big. Yeah, I like I, It is mega weapon. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't drive anymore as I've uh, actually defecated out my entire skeleton. <laughs> out of pure fear. It's a lot. It's a lot. But no, instead he ends up going into it uh, spy hunter style. I think the the Peter Gunn theme is playing. Okay. And yes, he and Chase encourages this guy to now be embraced by the fair but firm hand of the law. <laughs> I love Chase. So we uh, we cut back to the uh, we cut back to the uh, firehouse and uh, as of last season, of course, now Doc Green and Frankie know the rescue bot's whole deal, so they don't have to uh, pull the bleep bloop robot thing around them. Also, before we we get to that, I just want to point out that we have okay, so we have this guy speeding and he's about to hit this uh, school bus driver who's changing a flat tire. And that's our cold open, because we are absolutely continuing the Rescue Bots tradition of hitting the credits on some kind of mortal peril about to happen. Yes. It's very important that someone be about to be grievously injured, <laughs> if not killed, when we cut to the credits. Listen, and I just, I'm glad we're sticking to that theme. It's not Rescue Bots if that peppy theme song isn't hitting you just as somebody is about to be reduced to a greasy smear <laughs> on the pavement. Pe- peppy, I... Okay, well, since we've 
been delayed a, a little bit trying to verify that, that we have episodes to watch because they're not on any legal means currently. Hint, hint, Hasbro, please put them somewhere. Yes. <laughs> the, um, um, I don't have the convenient skip the opening button anymore. I like the oh, opening. Oh, no. I like the opening. Never in my life have I hit the skip opening button. I don't think I, I, I personally I do. It depends think upon the show. On the, uh, the Netflix Marvel Universe stuff, I think they should have made an exception and removed that button entirely. Yeah. Like, I think it was, it's criminal to That's skip tough. those, those credits. Yeah, for Netflix and, 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 um, WandaVision on Disney Plus, I'm not skipping that usually. But, uh, I don't know. I, I don't hate the theme song, I just don't like it. Okay. Especially compared to another song I had to listen to this week, which was great. <laughs> oh no. So yeah, so now, you know, Doc Green and Frankie are hanging out with the rescue bots, and nobody wants to hang out with Cody. Aww, he's feeling left out. Blades is playing Frankie's... Uh, Dance Dance Revolution. Yes, Blades yes. and Frankie are playing DDR. It's pretty much, it's almost explicitly DDR. Yes. Yeah. Which is, yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't say it, but like, it's very much, well, admittedly, there are so many knockoff DDRs that it, it's easy to go mm-hmm. with that. Like, there was even a Star Wars DDR. Or was that? No, that was the... With, you had to dance along to the camera. Right, it was, it was like a Wii Connect thing or something? No, I, I think it was Xbox. Oh, okay then. I think? I don't know. I've only ever seen the videos on YouTube. Not getting, not getting most cameras in my house. Yeah, no. <laughs> and then Heatwave and Chase are playing, like, what looks like a cross between chess and Battleship. I... But it, like, it looks like a neon glowing Connect Four, but the way they're playing it is more like chess. Like the pieces are supposed to be specific things, but they're just round discs, as far as we and, can see. And they totally is it, swerve. Is it, is it go? Well, they totally swerve go away from calling, from something. coming up with a name for this because they say, "Oh, uh, you know, its name could not be translated." <laughs> like, come yes. on, you just couldn't think of a name. Yeah, well, I call it jazz. I kind of like it in this case, instead of saying it's unpronounceable, just saying it's untranslatable. Like Jazz, saying his name is unpronounceable in your language. (laughs) Then it's just called something like Go. Maybe it's just called something that translates into something embarrassing. (laughs) It's called Butts. And then, and then Boulder yeah, and Doc Green are big stand-up uh, board. It's it's like it's pretty big. Yeah. And then Chase keeps winning. They're not just like obviously sitting there. Chase yes. is winning. Mm. Yes. And then Boulder and Doc Green are uh, making some new accessories for uh, your rescue bots toys. Yeah, they're, they're making <laughs> energon weapons. Did the toys come with those? Uh, yeah, I think they were called, like, Energize Tools or something. Okay. Uh-huh. It, d- I'm not sure if they actually called them weapons. Well, of course they didn't call them weapons for this series, but but the way they're presented, they very much look like they're just Energon weapons, but they don't they don't seem like they would exist in the toys, although I guess I can check I'm the wiki to see. I'm they sure like. they, these exist on the toys. I mean, they're clear plastic. These are... Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, they're like, anytime you see something like that that's rendered like it's a clear thing, it's obviously a translucent plastic accessory. Yeah, but they're not, oh, they are, they're actually, oh, well, that's kind of sort of what it looks like, boulders drill, 
But yeah, they're not actually translucent in the show, but the toys are your semi-transparent energon weapons. Yeah, so yep, so the, they have made the terrible mistake of giving Doc Green access to Cybertronian technology. Oof, man. Yeah, yeah that was uh, uh, of course, not... No prime directive here. No, obviously his most dangerous invention is his inspiration counter, <laughs> which is a hat he wears with a bunch of screens on it that count how many new inventions he's made. It, it, it's amazing. Yes. But um, it's like big. It's like big screens. It's not just a little. No, a little thing. It, it looks uh, like he's wearing the jumbotron from like a hockey arena on his head. Yeah, because he's got like four or five monitors on it with giant numbers. <laughs> yes, it's very sporting yes. events. Like, did they clear this with Optimus? <laughs> maybe Optimus figured. Maybe okay. I'm gonna say maybe Optimus didn't. You know, figured that it was safe enough because this human is an ally and look what Mech is doing and they're enemies. So if, you know, they're going to have this stuff, they can at least let their allies have it. But I feel like maybe like, no, but they were Prime and Bumblebee showed up for that whole time travel thing. Mm, yes. So Prime has to understand that Doc Green is not <laughs> like he's met. I guess it's, it's like, uh, have you met him? But yes, he has met him. He should know that this was a terrible idea. But <laughs> alas, this, uh, this genie's out of the bottle. Yep. I guess Pandora has opened the box. And of course, his most dangerous uh, invention is the vacuum accelerator, which is a uh, does a bunch of techno babble that is basically a teleporter. And and they do keep coming back to it being a bunch of techno babble whenever anyone asks what's going on, and Boulder starts to explain, and they're like, "That doesn't help anything." Thank you. And I I like that running joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait. Okay. I I have a note. I think it's early in the episode, but I forget exactly what it's for. Someone says needs more D. Oh, because uh, Doc and. Uh... <laughs> Boulder are working on what they say is, you know, some R and D. Oh, yeah, that and was clearly, it. And since this teleporter doesn't work, clearly it needs more D. Okay, yeah. Well, they said, yeah, because they're doing R and D. Yes, yes. Yes. Okay, so, so, so it, some more it does make sense in context. It's just I wrote it out of context, and it's like, wait, what? I watched this last night. What did I, <laughs> I mean? Don't know if we were, I don't know if we were talking about the D yet at this point. <laughs> yes. it, it might be kind of early, but I don't know. It's not an appropriate show to be talking no. about the D on. No, but they so they they test out this teleporter on Cade's toolbox, and it gets sent to oblivion. Yeah. <laughs> so the teleporter. Where does it go? Well, it we don't know. It eventually comes things. back. We don't know where it's going. Yeah, that like uh, <laughs> how, this is terrible. It's terrible. Like, well, it, it, it's very dark green, and that like. Yeah, we don't know where it goes. Let's keep testing it out. It's like, figure out where, what, how. Tracking device, something. He created a teleporter that sends things to random places. That's the yeah, worst. We, I mean, uh, the, the plot of this whole episode is that this is the worst possible idea, but just... That's... Uh-huh. No. <laughs> or, it's again, it's like we're overthinking this show aimed at little children, but the problem is lots yes. lots of teleporters in science fiction end up ending up in hell. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, there's your very basic like Nightcrawler? Nightcrawler who goes through hell in at least some continuities. There's, um, 
Welcome to welcome to Rob and David and Jen explain the X Men. Yeah. Oh, what, what's oh what what's the title of that one movie um, where it's a spaceship that goes to hell and it's Sam Neill? Yes, Event, Event Horizon. Horizon. Yeah. Oh my god. All right. They actually sent his toolbox to like movie. clonk off Sam Neill's head in hell. <laughs> yes. We had to poke out his eyes with something. Oh, that that movie. That's a good movie, but it's the only movie that I ever went blind watching. Because you tore out your eyes? Because you went mad? It was really weird. Like, there was a lot of eye trauma in that movie, and that's one of them things that creeps me out. And there was one point in the movie, for a couple minutes, like, my eyes just, like, no, we're not watching anymore. And I literally could not see anything for a minute. (laughs) It was weird. It's never happened again, but that was bizarre. I might have seen, I think I saw that in the theater. Oh, I know I did. <laughs> because that came out at that period shortly after I was old enough to be able to see R-rated movies in the theater. And so I yeah, would just see, I, like... I saw it in college with my roommates. Before I realized that I much prefer watching horror movies, like, alone in a darkened room with maybe yes. one friend. <laughs> like, yeah, that was, not... that was back when I could at least stomach horror movies to a degree. <laughs> I, Except I, for the going I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw that in the theater. This is where I met. I actually haven't seen it. Oh, I, I, I really? Mean, well, I, you I, I, I was too young to see it uh, in 1997. I was 11 <sighs> when that movie came out. I rewatched it not that long ago, like a couple years ago, and it actually was better than yeah, like. Yeah, it, it's actually pretty good, but it is very much a like horror movie yes very i think it was mostly just after the fact just thinking about that they cast sam neill as this character who's basically by the end like pinhead (laughs) and he you know when when you're just used to him being like the nice scientist guy from jurassic park Mm then that seems really weird but it's actually it's pretty good it's pretty good movie about Things sending people to hell. <laughs> very gory, very weird flashes of nude people that were kind of cut down. Mm. But they were also covered in blood, so, you know, that's probably why yeah. it was cut down. <laughs> you, know, you know what else I saw in the theater around that time was Alien Resurrection. Ooh. Anyway. Oh. Speaking Shit, of... I think I saw that in the theater, too. Dubious movies. I mean, it, uh... That I have rewatched recently. Wait, that that's the one with um Hellboy. Why am I blanking on names today? Uh Ron Perlman. Yes, Ron and, Perlman. Uh, what's, what's her name? Uh Winona Ryder. Yes. Yes. Like it it's yes. not compared to other aliens movies that have come after, it's not horrible, but it's not as good as the first two. I mean, I think it's it like Winona it's like an writer as as a spoilers. It had Winona writer as an android, so it was like directly up oh, my alley. Yeah. I forgot she was a robot. Wow, weird. We we've gone on a weird tangent. Anyway, what were oh the teleport? Yes. So it, it is time for some more trademark Hell. rescue bots peril. As a guy parasailing is now stuck to the lighthouse. Yes, but it's not just any guy. No, it is local handsome guy Taylor. Uh, voiced by Roger Local Craig handsome. Smith, uh, recently seen by us as uh, three quarters of the minicons on Robots in Disguise. <laughs> oh, hey. 
He's both Jetstorm and Slipstream, as well as Air Razor. Hmm. Local handsome pilots. Yes. Handsome. And yet, like, the, I forget who we, we compared him to, like, last time we saw him almost a, well, half a year ago. But he seems like his character design is kind of like an older man. Like in his 50s. I kind of get Chris yeah. Evans vibes on. I think it's the eyebrows. It's the, it's the eyebrows and the haircut. Yeah. It, it's very much like a dad haircut. I can see all of this. Hmm. But now he's definitely supposed to be about Danny's age because she does indeed have the hots for him. Yeah. Yes. As as Blades points out that, you know, she knows his name, even though, you know, there are only so many people on this island. She probably knows everybody's name. Hmm. She says she knows all the pilots, and Blade says, name two others. <laughs> I I like, because, you know, they're sort of like, how, what does Blades even know about this sort of stuff? But then Blades is the one who's watching movies even more than the rest of them. Oh, yes. So Blades is probably very excited to be seeing, like, a romantic comedy play out in front of him. Yes. Yeah, because that's, like... I know what this is. Horror movies scare him, so he's probably watching a lot of romantic comedies instead. Aww, he probably yes, is. he's thinking, oh, yes, I'm I, I'm the wacky best friend. It's my job to make these jokes. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's being the wacky best friend, yes. definitely. He's doing a good job with it. Yeah, so, so this rescue is going on, and meanwhile, Cody is inside the uh, the mobile headquarters, and then the then the toolbox teleports in, possibly back from hell, <laughs> and then teleports the whole headquarters away. It would be funny if, like, when things teleported back, they were just like covered in slime or blood. Or <laughs> Why does it smell something? like brimstone? Does it? No, not in this show. There would be no blood, but something. Well, no. Nope. But yeah. Anyway, <laughs> goblins clinging onto it. <laughs> Bamps. Aw, oh. Bamps. So yeah, he's so he ends up in the middle of the river, and he, you know he's trying to get help from uh, from the, the dock over the phone, who tells him to hit its reset button, which is not working. <laughs> yeah, you need to hold it down for like five to ten seconds. Do you reset have a pen? Is- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe a mechanical pencil? And, and the doc also tells him to uh, to think buoyant thoughts. <laughs> yes. Well, again, like... Very helpful. This giant truck is somehow floating in the river, or the tires are touching the bottom. It's Yeah, it, it might just be big enough that it's not going to sink. It's just in the river. Yeah. Right. And meanwhile, this rescue goes to, becomes a total disaster. <laughs> Because <laughs> yes. Cade is trying to grab this guy from the ladder. Instead, he get they both end up parasailing away into the wilderness. <laughs> Cade should not be trusted yes. with heights. Th- this kind of thing has happened no. before. So, so in short order, they end up crashing in the the forest. Cade sprains his ankle, loses his comm link, and now also there's a bear. Why are the bears here so aggressive? Yeah, that this is... is the second bear attack. Yeah. Is it the same bear? I think I mean, it's definitely the same uh, animation model. I'm not sure if it's actually the same bear. I mean, it's possible this is like a, you know, indestructible robo bear or something. Yeah, Grizzly to the Revenge. Well, they're probably... Wait, this is a really tiny island off the coast of Maine. Yeah. Well, Maine I mean, probably... I'm sure it's the bears, same species. Bears can swim. But... 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's probably why. Yes. But it does seem odd. So I mean, there probably aren't many different bears. I mean, there's probably not more than a dozen individuals in this on this island. But still, like, someone needs to do some research here because these (laughs) bears are just extremely aggressive. They do not normally behave like this. Or it's possible it's just the one bear who's aggressive. Yeah. It is possibly that that's the asshole bear. And they just keep running into that same bear. I hereby declare that to be asshole bear. (laughs) (laughs) Just the one who's just a huge asshole. You only ever see that one because all the others run away like bears normally do. But this one has to show off and take a stand. Yes. Oh, okay, well... One, there's apparently uh, 36,000 bears in Maine. So, yeah, one of them probably swam to an island. Oh, yeah, you better be watching out for those swimming bears there. Probably enough of them to establish a population. And two, one of the first images that came up of looking for bears in Maine is so adorable. (gasps) Bears. Baby bears. Aw, baby bears are good. Oh, yeah, that, uh, uh, last time we saw old Joe, we had a couple of bears climbing on him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is those, oh, so yeah, they have black bears, which is what I encounter when I'm hiking in Appalachia, and yeah, they are generally do not behave like this at all. (laughs) Oh, that guy's got two babies on him. So cute. Uh, so, so the the other rescue bots are trying to uh, to crawl onto this uh, headquarters in the river, and they they get to Cody just in time for this teleported activate again, and they end up on top of Mount Griffin, reenacting the cover of the uh, or the poster for the uh, Ro- uh, Robin Williams movie RV. <laughs> what? There's a Robin Williams movie in RV? I remember. Was I? Tea was in one of those. Things keep escalating. The poster looks exactly like like this. Every time anyone tries to save the MHQ, oh wow, it is. They get pulled along into it until like the entire team is sucked into this. Yes, I I have somehow missed an entire Robin Williams movie. I mean, there are a lot of those late period Robin Williams like family comedies that nobody saw. I guess. I mean, family. I mean, might family have seen them. saw. You know, it's got uh, people with kids might have seen them. Yeah, you know, it's got Will Arnett in it. It's got that uh, that guy from uh, Hunger Games. Hmm. I don't know a guy from Hunger Games. He's not the guy who's Thor's brother. He's the other guy. Oh. I don't know a guy from Hunger Games. Okay, then. I, I know some people from Twilight. <laughs> well, some of the people from Twilight have be- gone on to become really great actors, which is interesting. Also, like, towards the end of the series, it just, like, the last Twilight movies had a whole bunch of people who absolutely should have known better. <laughs> yeah, but they wanted to play paycheck and wanted to have fun. Had it on in the background at some point. I just look over. I'm like, is that Michael Sheen? <laughs> He's like the main bad guy for the last couple of movies. Huh. Yeah, like what the hell? Just hamming it up. 
Yes. Maybe he got some advice I mean, I'm sure from, that uh, falls into the Anthony Hopkins. You know, I bet Michael Sheen was doing uh, Frost Nixon with Frank Langella, and Langella was talking about, about how much he enjoyed playing Skeletor. <laughs> yeah. And then Michael Sheen was, oh, yeah, I could play a Skeletor. I, I do like the idea of, like, quote, legitimate actors getting into doing ridiculous genre stuff just because it's a lot of fun. Like Anthony Hopkins. Well, it's also a great British tradition. That too. Well, this that is too. true. Like, see half of Michael Caine's career. That bought me a wonderful garage. So yeah, they they end up on top of Mount of on top of Mount Griffin, specifically on the the Griffin Rock, the the titular yes. Griffin Rock, the titular Griffin Rock, and, and Blade somehow manages to carry this entire thing from his winch. Yeah, how I don't. Yeah, I guess maybe it is like made of super. It's made of titanium or something. Like it's just super light. And, also, I don't know. Also, it's uh, wild. Chase gets a couple of great lines here where he sees that there are times when I wish gravity was not a law. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I love that. And, and he tries going through all the human distress signals he knows, uh, which are Mayday, SOS, and Mommy. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yes. But then as he's lowering yeah, them to the ground, it gets teleport. they get teleported again, but thankfully this time it's just the drive-in movies. <laughs> Yes. Maybe in uh the dystopian alternate present uh Dr. Morocco has made titanium uh extremely easy to come by. <laughs> uh, and so Heatwave decides, you know, listen, we're close enough to the end of the episode and he just yeets this teleporter <laughs> into the distance. <laughs> yes. Just not a good idea because it's gonna teleport whatever it hits. Possibly, <laughs> I mean, apparently not, but that seems like a likely outcome. Or on this island, it will collide with another machine, and together they will make a doomsday weapon. <laughs> Oops! Or combine into a, into a duocon. <laughs> Your teleporter hits an expander, and the expander expands, and then the teleporter is gigantic, and then it teleports the entire planet somewhere else. Oh no, my pim particles! Just have a Macross situation where you just accidentally teleport the entire island out into space. Oh, that! I can actually see that <laughs> happening in this show. I think that might actually happen at some point. Jeez! Oh, oh man! I mean, there are like there are hundred episodes of this show. That probably <laughs> happens. Yeah. Anyway, so they, they find, you know, because Heatwave has shockingly been paying attention to Cade, they realize that all the locations they've been teleporting to have been all the places that, that Cade was planning to go on his date. Heatwave Which, does not want you to let Cade know that he was paying attention. He was paying more and attention because, than I was at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> and and because the sh- uh, somehow they do not end up on Griffin Rock's makeout point. Maybe he figured he didn't actually need to program that into the into the GPS. <laughs> yeah, I, I know where to find it. Trust me. Ah, <laughs> uh, he does. Uh, so, so the the hope is that they can then use this thing to teleport to where Kate is. But obviously, they need to find the thing first. But very fortunately, because there is not that much time left in the episode, it just hit Doc Green's windshield and did not teleport him into the core of the Earth or whatever. <laughs> Somehow. Oh, that is not where you take a hot date to. 
So, so they, they find them, they, they scare off this bear. Heatwave roars at this bear, which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Cade and, uh, and Taylor have been doing a little bonding where, you know, he's, Cade realizes that, you know, he's obviously into his sister and he's not being weird about it, which, you know, points for Cade. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little bit of character. Nice of him. I would have preferred this to turn out with with Taylor becoming Cade's new love interest, but but that's just me. I I don't get what I want. It was 2014. We weren't quite ready for that yet. (laughs) Maybe now. We we didn't have a gay secretary of transportation yet. (laughs) No, we did not yet have Secretary Pete. (laughs) Department of Transpurgation. So that, I would like to point out that official Department of Transportation correspondence refers to him as Secretary Pete. <laughs> so everybody piles into the headquarters. They uh, they they set the GPS for the fire station, and instead they end up on the mayor's front lawn. <laughs> well, it's more like in front of the town hall. Yes. So you know, but the mayor is there. Everybody has a good laugh, and uh, you know that is the end of the episode. It's it, it, you know it's very. G- boilerplate rescue bots, but it's enjoyable. We've been gone for a while. Yeah, yeah. Although, like starting off with with upgrading your transportation to teleportable and anywhere in the island is kind of weird. Yes, I mean that's probably it. As you know, the the aforementioned infrastructure issues. That's honestly probably mm. the best way to. Move it around. Yes, it's either this or this thing's just going to destroy every street in town. Yeah, I guess. Yes, it's going to just, they're going to have to redo all of the roads, just reinforce concrete underneath all of them. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to have to do that. That's expensive. All right. Yep, so- Optimus was just like, sure, let's give this guy all of our technology. This guy who causes all of your problems, <laughs> he needs the capacity. What he really needs is some Cybertronian technology. All right, so I believe that now brings us to an exciting new season of David's Tokusatsu Corner. Yes. Oh, this hey. season, a new season, Gosei Sentai Die Ranger! Tension da! Whoa, 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 whoa. Which has an awesome theme song, possibly the best theme song of any Sentai, at least in the 80s. Whoa, 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 whoa. It, it's, it's very catchy. And, My favorite and, anyway. and did this one get adapted into a Power Rangers season? Yes! Yes, yeah. this is, uh, my, well, this would be the start of the fifth series I'm going to be finishing watching. Oh, well, maybe I'll finish watching something else before it, but anyway. What was so, so which one? So what are what are the Zords in this one? Okay. Well, well, first, uh, Kyoryu Sentai's U Ranger became the first season of Power Rangers. Right. This is the season after that, Gosei Sentai Die Ranger, which was adapted with, um, there's the Red Dragon, there's the Green Lion, um, I forget what the other things. The, the, oh, the, the Dragon's the only one in the first episode. So that was the Thunder Zords. Yes, the Thunder Zords. From the second season. 
Win the yes. second season of Power, or, or maybe it's even the third season of Power Rangers. Red Dragon Thunder Sword? The way the seasons break up. Yeah, there was the Red Dragon, there was the, um, don't tell me, I, this is when I was still watching the show. Alright, let me scroll down. I believe down there's a blue the unicorn and a yellow griffin. Uh, I think possibly the, the other way around. A Kieran, one of them. Wait, where, where are they? Uh, I mean, I, I think they were probably calling a, a Kieran a unicorn, because it was 1994, nobody in yeah. America knew what a Kieran no, was. No. Or, you know, uh, white people in America didn't know what a Kieran was. Where, where are they? And then the Pink Ranger has the Thunderbird or something, I want to uh, say. Yes. And then later in came the White Ranger with his uh, white uh, Tiger Zord. Yep. Yes. I had that Red Dragon Thunder Zord at a time when it was very hard to actually find Power Rangers toys because of the popularity of them so it was very exciting for me as a like 14 year old <laughs> i just really liked his design by his i mean it's because it's a mecca it does turn into a guy a though yeah yes it does turn into a guy well apparently okay the yellow one was uh kieran which kind of looks like a unicorn and blue was a tenma which means celestial horse question mark so I Maybe guess that's the one they said was a griffin. Yeah, possibly. Oh, it does have wings painted on it, so I guess... Oh, Pegasus. They probably call it a Pegasus. Or something. Oh, Pegasus. Anywho, where was I? Um, Brain, yes. Okay, so this was the second series that was adapted into Power Rangers, but not quite. They took the Zords, and they took the White Power Ranger. White Power... Oh, uh, weird. Anyway, who... Uh. The Tommy was the green, became the white in this series. So they used the white ranger suit, but they didn't use the suits for any of the other rangers. Possibly because the show is very Chinese mythology themed and kung fu. Mm-hmm. Although there's some good fight scenes, but but it, also they wanted to keep uh, the Power Rangers suits for branding of the first season. It's like, kids are used to this. Who, who is Sun yeah. Wukong? All I know is Journey to the West. Well, um, the the Dragon Zord does kind of turn into a, a red humanoid figure yeah. with a long pole as a weapon, and his head design kind of does have that little metal band that's on Sun Wukong that is used to keep him in line, cause, or it'll squish his brain. Huh. Which is always one of the weirdest things about Journey to the West. Yeah, well, he's a jerk. That's the and, and it's the only way to inc- control him from going mad and destroying the con- countryside. It's like, stop oh. that or I'll squish your head. Crush your head. <laughs> anyway. Not so much go go mad as just be a huge jerk. Well, yeah, because he goes to do whatever he wants because he's one of the most powerful characters in that. He, basically, he's the most powerful character in that story other than whoever was the high god of the Chinese mythology. I don't know. Enough Chinese mythology to say. Of course, I never read Journey of the West. Maybe that that's something to put on a reading list someday. Also, I only really know about Kieran because they're in uh, Monster Hunter. Uh, I know about him because it's a really good beer. Back when I could drink <laughs> beer. I definitely beat some up in Monster Hunter for you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, other than being Kung Fu themed, this series might be bicycle themed. Because the characters are doing kung fu and then riding bicycles in the opening. And then there's a long bike chase in this episode where the the mooks, um, oh, what are they even called? They're really weird design. They look like they're wearing, like, dinner jackets. Mm. What are they? Cot patros? Is that what they are? 
something very strange. Yeah, that's what they are. I'm not sure how you're supposed to pronounce it, but they're very weird. They're chasing the pink ranger later, wearing, oh, the, the image that I pasted is the wrong one. What the wiki images? You are so weird. Anyway, there's there's a cool bike chase in, in the middle of the episode. But uh, it, the episode begins with who will become the Red Ranger, Rio. He's out doing food delivery for, I think it's a Chinese restaurant. There's a lot of Chinese theming in this episode. And then he runs across this child being abducted by gold tentacles that have an eye and a mouth on them. What? Oh. Which is the monster of the week, uh, Baron String. It doesn't quite look like string. He looks more like he's made of gold pipes. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like odd. a stream. But it's like gold. Like, it's, it's not even like he's rope themed. He's more pipe themed. It's odd. Like Mario. Yeah. But Baron String, anyway. It, it, it turns out that he has a human form, which is a child with a yo yo and um, d- disturbingly thick glasses on. Odd idea. Anyway, um, very weird. Anyway, the, the Red Ranger ends up somehow captured and stuck in a basement that's full of boxes and, and crates and a sword and five color coded motorcycles. And then he escapes from there and is caught by three guys who end up being the three other Ranger guys who drag him back to the basement. It's like, well, what, what? He was there and he escaped. What? The, uh, the pacing of the first half of this episode feels like treading water. Mm-hmm. But it, it's sort of introducing the Red Ranger, introducing the other Ranger guys, but not really. In that, I I think they say their names, but it, it goes by so fast, and it takes me a while to learn people's names anyway. So I'm just going to refer to them by color, which isn't actually their Ranger names, because they're, they're like Ryu Ranger and Tenma Ranger. They're named after the beasts they're associated with. So anyway, uh, blah, 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 blah. I took way too many notes for this episode. <laughs> Oh, the set. Of, okay, uh, their men, their Zordon, their mentor figure is Kaku, which is odd because the next Ranger show is Kaku Ranger. Mm-hmm. Um, odd name choice. He's an Kaku old Ryu? kung fu master stereotype, and he tells them very little about the enemy who appeared six thousand years ago and tried to take over the world, called the Gorma Empire or something. But. The weird thing that I do and don't like is we see three villains, but we don't really get to interact with them. Like most other Ranger shows, they start like with, uh, Gogo, uh, Gogo 5. Like in the first episode, it sets up the good guys, it sets up the bad guys, who they are, what their deal is. I don't really know what the Goma tribe's up to. It's just three bondage fetishes who look like low rent Cenobites. Yeah. Or just sounds about right. Going about their business and, and ride, no, they're, they're just walking around town carrying briefcases or something. And they have an odd meeting. They don't even talk much. We barely see them. I guess they're supposed to be the main bad guys, but they don't feel like it. They feel like henchmen, like high level henchmen, but still henchmen. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Like Goldar. Yeah, like, like Goldar if he was less of an idiot. I'm going to just spend all my time uselessly comparing to other things. Well, you know, it works. Uh, anyway, the, the uh, Kaku tells him about chi power. It's like, here! And then throws a sword at, at the guy who's going to become the Red Ranger. It's like, ah! Scares him. It's like, oh, you dodged good. You didn't You didn't show any chi power, but you'll do that later in the episode because we got to get through plot quick. 
Uh, then there's the scene where the, there's the really cool long bike chase where there's a bunch of like BMX bandit kids chasing the girl who's going to become the pink ranger whose name I don't even remember. And, and then eventually they turn into the, the mooks that look like they're in dinner jackets with lips and no eyes, mm-hmm. which is a cool, creepy design, mm-hmm. but uh, unsettling. Anyway, so there's more of the chase. That's fun. Like the stunt guys were definitely having fun with these bikes. Uh, then, then they encounter the, the barren string again, and he wraps up all the rangers in, in his string tubes. And then, oh, and then they transform. It's like, yay, now it's time to henshin. <laughs> or tensioned up. Uh, and, and, and then they, of course, beat up the monster. And the monster gets to the point where it's had enough, pulls out a bomb. It hasn't died. It blows itself up. But it's an enlarging bomb, so he turns into a giant. And then, uh, their mentor tells him, oh, so, oh no, no, uh, Kaku, their mentor, like he's levitating off of a box, meditating. And, and then the box flies into this, like, swirling cloud black hole, explodes, and that summons the, the red dragon zord. My favorite. Somehow, it's a really cool zord. And, oh, especially like when it's in dragon form, it's a really neat puppet that, that undulates. Yes. Oh, it's really damn cool. I would seriously just turn on like the last 10 minutes of Power Rangers so I could watch these Zords. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite Zord designs, probably. Like it, it's definitely tough. It's very to... reliable like that. It was, you know, the yeah. last 10 minutes of the episode. <laughs> Kind of, but not here, because, like, the Red Ranger throws out a string from his gun that catches on to the Dragon Zord. He gets on top of its head, stands on it, which is kind of cool. There's even little latches that lock his feet into place so he doesn't fall off. I would like to point out that the toy that came with a little tiny Red Ranger and the dragon head actually had a little spot that he could stand. Oh, so the, well, it was probably the original Japanese toys, and it probably did, didn't quite look like the right Red Ranger. Anyway, as he's getting on it, riding toward this giant monster to have a monster fight, that's the end of the episode. There's no actual giant monster fight. What? what? It just stopped there. Which is weird. Like, there's a the, the beginning of the episode is sort of meandery and sort of introducing the setup without introducing that much, like even the bad guys, really. Mm-hmm. And then the second half is, is like bike chase, fight scenes, robot shows up, end of episode. It's like it's a little rushed. The end. Hmm. So that was fun. Oh, I love the theme song. Am I glad to be watching this? Well, glad to be watching this one for the theme song because I get to stick the clips in. I like those Zords. Those are my favorite. <laughs> All right. So that does it for this episode. We'll be back next week with oh, more uh, rescue. Bu- oh. Random, well, well, thought thingies running through my brain. One thing I may cut, it's like, um, I'm watching a Japanese show about Chinese mythology and, and the way the world has been recently, especially in America, um, racism against Asian people fucking sucks. Holy crap. Although I, I, we're just a, a little, little funny podcast show about robots, but the, yeah, that sucks. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, second thing, um, Dyna Xenon, uh, premiered, uh, as we're recording, the, the sequel to, uh, SSS, SSS Gridman. 
Yes. I watched the first episode and it, it was fun. Kevin. Hello. Not much okay. happens in it really other than, well, again, it's introducing the characters, but it introduces the characters better than this episode of, of uh, Sentai did. Although I still don't know exactly what char- what Transformers the character Dudecos of these kids are based on. Mm. You can't just do that for one season and then do a follow-up and not do that again. It's confusing. Yeah, because some of them are just a little bland. Set up expectations. But some of them are blatantly like, that's got to be someone. But it's it, it's oh not as goodness, obvious Catelyn. as the shattered glass ro- robots. Like, that was really obvious mm. once we figured it out. This, it's like, some of the characters might be the first robots in disguise, Decepticons. Yeah. Like Gas Skunk and Slapper and, and some of those. But the guy that look, could be Gas Skunk also could be Clench, maybe? Like, mm. the, the color scheme isn't quite either. Right. Like, There's th- nothing, like, quite as obvious as, like, Utsume's shirt. Yeah. Th- there's, there's nothing... Super obvious, because, like, the guy that could be Clench or Gas Skunk, it's like, okay, he's got stripes that could be the grill of Clench, but his color scheme's a little bit closer to Gas Skunk, Mm -hmm. but why would Gas Skunk be sort of a main character? (laughs) Why would he ever be the main character in anything? I mean, it's kind of a neat color scheme, but it's hard to nail down. Anyway, so um, uh, presumably we will be covering that at some point. We're not going to be doing it weekly because we'll be doing two episodes a week. We'll probably do our yes. monthly thing again at some point. Mm. That'll be in the future. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, back to uh, uh, closing out the episode and my little little digressions and, and trying to make things real and yet... Ooh, happy new show. And my cat wandering through, one of my fosters wandering through and letting me know that she's having thoughts about things. <laughs> she might have found the good catnip and that was just her equivalent of a college kid having to let everyone on the internet know how high they are. <laughs> Which she was doing the other day. All right, so yeah, that is it for us this week. We'll be back next week with more Rescue Bots. Until then, you can find us all over the internet. We are on Twitter, we are on Facebook, and we have a Patreon. Yes, we are uh, hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. It's patreon.com slash iaconunderground. Uh, for March's episode, we decided that everybody had their think pieces about WandaVision already published. It's like 90% of the internet. So we would do something a little different uh, and go back to an old episode of Avengers United We Stand featuring Agatha Harkness. Uh, so for as little as a dollar a month, you can join our Patreon and get access to all of our monthly specials. Uh, we do a lot of really fun off-the-wall stuff as long as, or as well as very mainstream and and popular stuff so those are always a lot of fun so until uh until next time when we uh when we journey into the sky forest i'm rob i'm jen whoa 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 i'm david